0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Calculine. The Calculine is a free tool you can get by simply going to Calculine.com. That's C-A-L-C-U-L-I-E-N.com, Calculine.com. And it's a free tool that allows you to easily calculate the 45 and 90 day deadlines for notice to owners, liens, and bond claims. No more counting on your fingers to figure out when your notice to owner deadline is or when your lien deadline is. Just go to calculine.com, put in your information, and we'll send one to you for free in the mail. You'll get it in a few days. Thanks, Ariella. Uh, my name is Alex Barthette. I am a board-certified construction lawyer here in the state of Florida. And today we're going to talk about <clears throat> what to do if you miss the deadline. And trust me when I tell you, it's not as bad as you think. You probably have a lot more options than you are aware of. So let's get right into it. So let's talk about today's agenda. Um, what are we going to go over? Let's start with the basics. What are the notice to owner and lien rules? You have to have an understanding of what those are in order to uh, have a foundation so you can understand what happens if you miss them. Then we'll talk about some common exceptions that we see. So you may have thought you missed a deadline, but you actually didn't because there's an exception in the lien law that gives you the opportunity to still send a notice or a lien, even though you think you can no longer do it. Um, We'll talk about other bonds that exist. So on, on public and private jobs, there may be other bonds you can pursue uh to go after uh, in case you lost your lien rights or actually in addition to your lien rights then we'll talk about some other means of recovery how to sue for breach of contract how to sue for unjust enrichment Um, and as i said we will answer any questions that you have at the very end just go ahead and submit them throughout the presentation so let's get right into it let's talk about the basic lien and notice to owner rules So a notice to owner is a document that's required to be sent uh, in most cases in the state of Florida in order to preserve lien rights. It is a written document prepared by um, the lienor, and it must be received uh, within 45 days of your first work or delivery of materials to the site. Now, there's an exception, which is if you get it to the great folks at Sunray Construction Solutions, Um, with enough time that they can bring it to the post office by the 40th day, 4-0, 40th day, then whether it actually arrives, whether it's delivered, whether there's no one there to pick it up, whether the mail truck blows up, as long as you give it to uh, Sunray in time and they bring it to the post office by the 40th day, that notice to owner is considered served, irrespective of if it ever gets there. This is a great reason why you want to use Sunray and why you want to make sure you deliver uh, you start this process early. So the next rule is that the claim of lien uh, for work on private projects and the notice of non-payment which is a claim on a bond for both public and private projects if there is a bond must be served no later than 90 days from your last work uh, or delivery materials to the project site. Um, quick tip here, both the 45 and the 90 days are counted starting on the day after um, your either first work or last work on the job. Um, You count every single day, including weekends and holidays from that date. And um, the 90th day, if it happens to land on a Saturday, Sunday, or legal holiday, then it rolls to the next day. So if I'm calculating my notice of non-payment deadline, and today was my last day of work or delivery of materials to the site. Tomorrow is day one. I count every day all the way through day 90, including weekends and holidays. And if the 90th day happens to land on a Saturday, then it rolls to the Sunday. And if Monday happens to be a federal holiday um, where there's no mail, then it rolls to the Tuesday. That's how you calculate those days. And then you need to file a lawsuit to foreclose on your claim of lien no later than one year from the recording date of the claim of lien. So if I record my lien today, I have one year to file the lawsuit. On a claim against a payment bond, I have one year from my last work. So it's not the day that you send your notice of non-payment on the bond. It's the day you last do work on the project to preserve your Uh, claim on the bond. Now there are many, many exceptions to these rules and many of the exceptions have exceptions Uh, so just be aware of that. Now let's go through some of the most common exceptions that we see which is why I say did you really even miss your deadline? Um, So first there is no notice to owner that's required when you have a direct contract with the owner so if I am a plumber and I am hired by a homeowner to renovate their bathroom, then I don't need to send a notice to owner because I have a direct contract with the owner and therefore I don't need to serve this document to preserve my lien rights. Now, I'm here to tell you that our most successful clients send notice to owners no matter what. They have a process in their office and they say it doesn't matter who we're working for, what we're doing, but any project over this amount of money, we just send notice to owners and it's automatic. Um, So I still recommend that you send one. It's a great collection tool. People take you much more seriously when they get a notice to owner uh, from you. Uh, They're more likely to pay you even if you didn't need the notice to owner. So that's rule number or exception number one. Here's another one. No notice to owner, which is technically called a notice to contractor, is needed when you have a direct contract with a bonded contractor. But again, as before, you should still send one. So what do I mean? Let's say I'm the plumber and I'm doing work for a general contractor on a private project. And that private project has a bond. So So this general contractor went out and got a payment bond because either the owner required it or the lender required it. So I'm a subcontractor to a bonded general contractor. I do not need to send a notice to owner or a notice to contractor um, in order to have a right against the general contractor's payment bond. Now, as I said, you should still send one, but it's not required uh, in order to have a claim against that contractor's payment bond. This is true for both public and private jobs. So if I'm a plumber on a, school board project for Broward County Schools. Again, and I'm the subcontractor to a bonded contractor on that project. I don't need to send that notice to contractor. I also don't need to send the notice of non-payment. That's if you remember, that's like the claim of lien. That's the document that gets sent 90 days after your last work uh, to make a claim on the payment bond but I don't need to send a notice of non-payment when I have a direct contract with the bonded contractor only on a public project. So if I am that plumber on a school board project and I don't need to send my notice to owner, my first notice, the one in 45 days, I don't need to send that. I also don't need to send the notice of non-payment. That's the notice within 90 days. So the only requirement that I have, if I am doing work on a public project and the general contractor has a bond, and I'm the sub, is to file a lawsuit within one year of my last work on the job. So I, I have had clients come to me and say, "Alex, I really screwed up. I didn't send my notice of nonpayment on time." And I would say, "Okay, well, tell me about the project. Well, uh, we're uh, we're the shell contractor on a on a bonded project. I said, okay, great. Tell me about the project. Well, it's a it's a uh, project for the Miami-Dade County School Board. Well, great. You don't need to send either notice. So you're fine. You can still bring that claim. So just be aware that there are many exceptions that don't necessarily require these documents. You should not assume that because you didn't send a notice or didn't send a notice of non-payment, a notice to owner notice of non-payment that you lost your lien rights. Um, There's one other big one uh, and that is on a bonded project, so if you are working on a project that has a bond, the 45-day notice to owner, again that's technically on a bonded job called the notice to contractor, does not even start to run until you have actual or constructive knowledge of that bond. So let me give you a very specific example that happened to a client of ours. We represented a uh, mason on a public project in Homestead, Florida. Our client was a sub-contractor. So there was the public owner, the bonded general contractor, the subcontractor the shell contractor and then our client the mason a sub subcontractor now what happened on this project is that the bonded contractor failed to record a copy of their payment bond so there was no existence of it in the public record well that's a requirement the 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 law requires that a bonded contractor on a public job needs to record a copy of the bond in the public records in order for everyone to know of the existence of this bond. Well, they didn't do that. Someone screwed up in their office. The subcontractor, the party that my client had a contract with went out of business actually filed for bankruptcy. So we can't sue for breach of contract because they went out of business. So my client comes to me and says, I'm owed hundred thousand dollars. I haven't been paid. I did all the work. I finished the work, uh, months ago, uh, you know, four months ago, five months ago. And I've been off the job. Um, I can't sue my customer cause he filed for bankruptcy. Alex, am I totally screwed? And we did some research and we found out that this contractor failed to record a copy of the payment bond. So what does that mean? That means that these deadlines didn't even begin to start to run. So we served a once we were able to locate a copy of the bond, we served a copy of the notice to owner um, because my client was a sub sub, so he needed to do that. We served a notice of non-payment, and then we filed suit. And after a little bit of fighting, uh, the contractor realized that because they failed to serve this notice, that they were on the hook, and they paid my client the hundred thousand dollars he was owed, all of his interest, and all of his legal fees. So had my client just looked at the situation and said, well, geez, we really screwed up, we didn't send our notices um, and never called me, he would have never gotten the money. So the moral of the story is don't assume because you miss a deadline or you think you missed a deadline that there isn't some other rule or exception that would give you rights. Um, So make sure to pick up the phone, call a lawyer, a board certified construction lawyer, someone that's skilled in this area of the law to be able to help you. Because maybe you still have rights. Now we ha- offer this very interesting tool, uh, it is called the lean o You can go to leanomatic.com and it is a handheld tool that gives you all of the rules and many of the exceptions for private jobs, public jobs, FDOT jobs, um, Miller Act projects. So if you're ever wondering well what notice do I need to send and when do I need to send it, um, we have this tool for free completely if you go to leanomatic.com enter in your information we will put this in the mail you'll get it within a few days um, we've given out more than 2000 at this point for free um, it's a great tool to have on your desk um, so again go to leanomatic.com so are there other avenues that you can pursue if you if you did blow your deadlines or maybe in addition to the the uh, uh, standard claims and the best one we have found is to look for another bond on a job and we find these bonds hidden all over the place um, even when you may otherwise have lien rights. So you typically need to be further down the chain of contracts. So this usually applies if you are a sub-subcontractor or a material supplier to the subcontractor or a material supplier to the sub subcontractor. And what bond is this? So if I'm a GC on a project, maybe it's public, maybe it's private. um, And I am, I want to get a little extra assurance that my shell contractor or plumber or electrician or glazing contractor is going to finish this job or maybe it's a requirement by the owner that I get my subs to either give me bonds or bond back to me because I as the GC also have a bond. Um, I may ask my, in my example, uh, shell contractor to, to give a, give me a bond. So just like there's a payment and performance bond that a general contractor may get that they give to the owner. And that's the payment bond that we're talking about that you make a claim on which is recorded in the public record, there may be these other bonds with the subs. So if I am a sub subcontractor, so maybe I'm the mason to the shell contractor, if that shell contractor issued a payment bond, I have rights against that payment bond. Even if I have lien rights, I can still make a claim on the subcontractor's payment bond. Even if the GC has their own bond, I can make a claim on the subcontractors payment bond and even if I blew all of those other deadlines I may still have rights on the subcontractors payment bond. So the first question is how the hell do you get your hands on this document? Um, Because it is not recorded in the public record because it, it is not what's considered the statutory bond, that's the general contractor's bond. So where do you get it? You could ask the subcontractor for it and technically the subcontractor is supposed to give you a copy if you ask for it. When I say ask for it, you send a written request for it. Um, I would start with an email, but there is a formal statutory request that you can send. Um, But the person that's most likely to give you a copy of this bond, if it exists, is the general contractor. And that's because the general contractor wants to make sure that you don't lean the job, so if they give you another bond to go after, that reduces the likelihood that you may make a claim on that bond, number one, and two uh, on that, on the property. And number two, if they have their own bond on the job and they give you someone else's bond, well now you may go after that bond instead of going after their bond. So the person that's most likely going to give you a copy of this bond is the general contractor. So that's the person you should direct your request to, but it's still a good idea to send a copy request to the subcontractor. Just know, that the process in order to preserve your rights on that subcontractor payment bond um, is whatever is in the bond. So that's why you have to get your, your hands on it so you can see, because you, you're gonna then read the bond and then you're gonna do what the bond says. So sometimes the bonds say, you need to send us a copy of this, this, and this, and that's how you're gonna make a claim. Sometimes it says, you need to send us a notice of non-payment. Well, that's how you're going to make a claim. Sometimes it doesn't say anything. It says, you know, if you have a claim against us, you just need to sue us, the bonding company. So again, if you're either the sub sub -sub subcontractor or material supplier to the sub or the sub sub, then you need to look for a copy of this subcontractor payment bond. So there are a few other ways to protect your rights. Uh, this, again, is in addition to lien and bond rights, but sometimes it may be the only claim you have. And that is the first one we're going to say, we're going to talk about is how to sue for breach of contract. So if you have an agreement with another person or entity, and ideally it's in writing, but it doesn't have to be, um, it can be a proposal, a quote, and invoice. Um, you can sue someone to pay you. So if I am a general, let's say I'm the pl- I'm the plumber, and you, I, I sub-work out to you as my sub-subcontractor um, and I give you just a purchase order or maybe you sign my contract and now you do the work, you forget to serve the necessary notices, you have no lien rights, there's no bond on the job, you could sue me for breach of contract, right? I hired you, there's a writing or invoices to support the fact that uh, money is owed, Um, and if I don't pay you, you can take me to court and, and sue me. Now, what you have to be most careful of is that in breach of contract cases, if in my contract with you, I have what's called a pay when paid provision. you can look on the Sunray website, uh, of old webinars. We've done webinars on pay when paid provisions. But if, if you have a pay when paid provision in your contract, then if I haven't been paid by the owner um, or the contractor, I don't have to pay you. It's got to be a very specific contract provision in in writing in the agreement. But if it's there and it's valid, then you may not actually have a right to sue for breach of contract. But there is one other claim you could make and that's to sue for unjust enrichment. Um, If you conferred some benefit, that's the enrichment, and you've not been paid, That's the unjust part. You have a legal action against anyone that received the benefit. Now, that benefit could have been to the contractor who um, was paid and didn't pay their bills. Maybe it's the owner because I installed cabinets and they didn't pay for those cabinets. Uh, You have a legal claim to pursue uh, in that situation. Uh, Typically, it's used against a party that is further up the chain, such as the owner. So typically when we sue an owner, uh, let's assume we represent a subcontractor. Um, We may sue the contractor for breach of contract, depending on if there's a pay when paid provision. Uh, If we have lien rights, we'll pursue the lien. If there's a bond claim, we'll pursue the bond claim. Um, But sometimes we also include the owner and sue them for unjust enrichment to add them to the legal case. Um, But just know that if if you sue the owner for unjust enrichment, and maybe you haven't been paid, but they paid all their bills, um, meaning it wasn't unjust for them, you may not have gotten the money, but they justly paid the contractor, then you have no claim for unjust enrichment. So uh, you also have to be aware that there may not be a right to recover your legal fees in this situation because there's no legal right to recover legal fees for an unjust enrichment claim. So now let me give you one last bonus tip, uh, if all else fails, and that is to send a late notice to owner anyways. So we've been on both sides of this situation for our clients. Um, Sometimes we've had clients who had no rights, they sent a notice to owner, and that notice to owner was used as a collection tool in order to preserve Uh, In order to get paid. Um, And sometimes we represent owners and contractors who get a seemingly late notice to owner, and then we have to deal with it. Now, remember, a notice to owner is not an encumbrance on real property. So if you record a lien that you know is no good, that is a fraudulent lien. However, if you send a notice to owner, that's just a document in the mail, it's not an encumbrance on real property doesn't lean, it's not a lean but what happens is if let's say I'm the material supplier on a project so I'm a material supplier to a subcontractor uh, and I haven't been paid and I screwed my screwed up my uh, deadlines. If I send a notice to owner to the contractor what is the contractor gonna do? They're gonna say well man I got this notice to owner I don't know when the material was delivered that you know I'm not watching the job so carefully to know when each piece of material was or wasn't delivered, but I have this notice to owner. So I'm going to go to the, con- to the subcontractor and say, hey, I got this notice to owner. I can't pay you, subcontractor, until this notice to owner, until I get a release from that vendor. And the, the subcontractor may say, well, look, this notice to owner's late. They weren't here. As the contractor or the owner, I'm going to say, that's not my problem. I'm not getting into that. I have a notice to owner. I need a release. You figure it out. Um, so just know sending a even a late notice to owner may in fact get you paid. So let's recap. You need to know the basic notice to owner and lien rule deadlines. Again, you can get your lematic um, to help you understand what those rules are. You need to exhaust all available exceptions to the lien law. Um, again, not that you're expected to know them. The leannomatic will help, but you probably should be consulting with a construction lawyer. Uh, Look to see if the subcontractor is bonded. Maybe you have a claim on that subcontract bond. And you always have the legal avenues of breach of contract and unjust enrichment. Thanks, everybody. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by MakeMeConditional.com. You sign lots of releases in order to get paid. And best practices suggest that you make every release conditioned on actually receiving that payment. How do you do that? By making the release conditional. Now some releases are conditional when they're given to you, but in my experience most are not. So you can make them conditional by adding conditional language. You can do that by handwriting it in every single time or you can go to makemeconditional.com and we will provide for you for free a stamp that you can use that will stamp any release with conditional language so that you can simplify the process. So if you want your absolutely free Make Me Conditional stamp just go to MakeMeConditional.com, fill in the information and in a few days you'll have your free stamp.